Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager, having worked across several different industries, including tech, marketing, consumer goods, retail, healthcare, you name it. I probably worked in that industry before. I am so excited to welcome Michelle, who is our very special guest on this podcast. She is an award-winning inclusive marketing consultant with Line 25 Consulting, the creator of Be Inclusive, a DEI card game, which we will be talking about in this week's episode, and the founder of the African American Marketing Association. So Michelle, I know that you are new to our audience and you and I had kind of just connected recently as well. So for those who have not met you yet, please take a brief moment to introduce yourself. Yes, thanks for having me. So Michelle Gomez, based in Houston, Texas, and I have a background in corporate finance and digital marketing. I've had my company since 2013, but the past four years, I've been focusing on diversity marketing or inclusive marketing. So I've been doing a lot of speaking, training, and consulting with companies around that. Um, in 2019, I started the African American Marketing Association uh, just to help Black marketers with job business opportunities, providing resources for their careers. And um, it's kind of like all of my work <laughs> gets intermingled and having these conversations about diversity and it's like, okay, it's a sensitive topic, but how can we make it fun and engaging other than a PowerPoint, which kind of led me into the Be Inclusive cards. So that's me in a nutshell. Oh, well, well, welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Michelle. Our episode is going to be spotlighting you and the incredible work you have done. I love that you use the word intermingled in terms of the career and all the intersections that have kind of come together to where you are at today. And I know for our audience, you know, there are some project managers, there are some who are not, who are just kind of interested in the field or in the industry, who are also kind of in that hunt for, well, how do I be a PM, but also take my love for, I don't know, gaming as well as, you know, I'm really good at doing accounting. Like, how do I throw that all together? And it sounds like, at least in your professional journey, that you have come to a point in your career where it's all kind of intermingled. Like you said, it's all kind of all your expertise are coming together in such a beautiful way. Would you say that's the case for you? Oh, absolutely. I think naturally, I've always been a visionary. I've always been a leader and a planner, right? And I'm one of those people, I feel like you just need to have a good plan. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be the 50 or 75 page business plan or a marketing plan. But if you have a good three page, five page plan, and you're able to execute or share that with your team and execute, by all means, go with it, right? Um, but I think as I've gotten older, gotten some more education, it's like, okay, how do I compact these skills? Uh, how do I make them transferable? Mm -hmm. And then the past couple of years, how do I learn frameworks that I can apply as well as creating my other framework, excuse me, as well as creating frameworks that I can share with my clients yeah. as well. Um, so it's been an interesting journey. And and you've done it in such a way that I was obviously very impressed with not just your background, but what you have become or what you've be, been able to create as you've kind of grown into your own career and, and where you find yourself today is you've taken all these ideas that you've had in your professional journey and they've kind of culminated to now um, something very tangible. And I know that a lot of folks, they have ideas 
uh, they think, oh, well, I'm stuck in my day to day. How do I have these like creative ideas that I've had <laughs> in my head for so long um, that can kind of start to bring these concepts together and make them something a little bit more tangible? And you're able to do that, which I'm so impressed by in terms of the you took you took an idea which right now is just should be top of mind for every organization. Right. Which is this idea of diversity and inclusion. And, and and equity across everybody that works at your organization. And you've brought that together in a, in a way that is actually in a gamified way, I would say, right? Like the gamification of what you're able to do with this concept. And I know for folks that are not, um, haven't been introduced to the product yet, we should probably talk about, first of, first of all, the idea and kind of what led to the creation of Be Inclusive, this DEI uh, card game, but also just kind of like the journey of that, like from idea to conception to now having this in customers' hands, which is incredible. Um, so Michelle, why don't you get us started? Where do you want to start with walking us yeah. through that journey? <laughs> yeah, I think um, overall, I was just doing my work, right? Yeah. Just regular consulting, um, going into companies, um, from all sizes based off of people, right? Not necessarily revenue because it's been for-profit, non-profit. And what I would do, I would have one-on-one um, -on -one conversations with the leaders. And I'm like, okay, what are you concerned about personally as well as collectively with your company? And then what are some of those challenges, right? And I think a lot of us are willing to learn but we don't want to look stupid when we're willing to learn, right? We mm -hmm. don't want to say the wrong thing <laughs> yeah. when we're trying to get understanding. Um, so I think it was just an accumulation of all of my clients, right? All of these conversations from um, leadership to the person that just walked in the door three weeks ago. And here we are in the middle of working remotely and social justice and you know, in this case, the black experience or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And um, I told my assistant, I'm like, let's come up with about 20 questions so we can create a quiz um, on my website as a landing page. And then people kind of can gauge on what their diversity is. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That was the initial idea. And then I was going to read, um, weed through those and probably use about 10 questions. And he came back with, I think, 179 questions. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm reading through the questions, and that's when the light bulb went off. That's when the aha moment occurred. And I'm like, I can create a card game. Yeah. And um, and it's like, I can create more work for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... So that's really what it was. Um, and then, so now my objective changes, right? So we mm -hmm. go from a 10 quiz landing page to we need a physical product like that. That's a big adjustment when you think about the objective and the planning and all that kind of stuff, because you can go online and maybe get um, some quiz software for free if it's under 10 questions. But if it's more than that, you know, now you got to pay five to $10 a month, which is nothing versus putting in thousands of dollars into a product. Yeah. So it's like, okay, do I really want to do this? And um, I was like, I do because it's different. And one thing I really haven't shared with people, I was also thinking about writing a book. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
And I've done that before. But it's like, do I write a book or do I create cards? Um, and I really had to think about my time and my finances. And I went with the cards because I just felt like it was more different. Yeah, um, when absolutely. We think about, you know, how do you set yourself apart from your competitors? And I felt like the cards was it. Um, so I just got to work, um, weeded through the questions, came up with 100 questions, um, hired an editor for grammar. I went to my graphic designer to design the cards, um, all of the packaging. Um, and then while they were doing that, I was trying to find a manufacturer. And then it's like, okay, made in America versus um, China, particularly trying to figure all of that, which is a new learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I settled with a vendor in Florida. I just thought it was better for a couple of different reasons. Um, I'm requesting test samples. I'm paying for these test yeah. samples yeah. Um, for the actual cards, as well as the boxes to put the cards in. Um, so this is the actual deck, but if you order the set, you get a bigger box. Uh -huh. So, so just, you know, reaching out to different vendors, getting pricing, getting samples. And then um, I technically I finished everything and then I sat it down for six months. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, this, is, this is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to, so, so to break this down, because, you know, there's, the, we, ha we do have some listeners who have been in the kind of the creative space who have probably project managed a product from concept to all the way to a tangible product on the shelf. It's a lot of work. You said that yourself. You said when you said had that aha moment, let me create this card game instead of writing a book or doing a landing mm -hmm. page, which we all know landing page becomes kind of that first option for everybody because it's quick. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's efficient. Um, it's, it's not that expensive mm -hmm. and then you've got a place to point people to. So again, you going back to your decision to go with the card route, there were all of these steps that you just outlined. And so if you're a PM, that's project managing a product, it's not just you. You have to consider that. And Michelle is what Michelle is saying is she did all the steps on her own, which I think is just mind blowing to me that you not only wrote all of the cards, you had to hire somebody to edit it. You had to understand the concept of like the design of the packaging and of the cards and the materials and go through sourcing and hire vendors, get test product, look at the quality of it. That's like a 15 person job normally. And Michelle, you did that all on your own, which again is incredible. So I think, so you get to this point now, if I'm, if I'm hearing the journey here, you pause for a second, you, are you at kind of the prototype or is this ready to be kind of mass manufactured at that point that you took the break? Yes. So I definitely okay. have, I have the prototype. And so now I'm kind of talking to people, I'm bragging, I'm trying to show people my stuff. Um, and everyone's like, oh, you should change this. You should change this. And I know people mean well, <laughs> but what they don't understand is changes cost money. Yeah. And <laughs> as a solopreneur, yeah, that is very difficult. Like I'm not Apple. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, or Chase or whatever the case may be. And it was just one of those things where everyone has something to say, good or bad. And it can get overwhelming. And I just, I was just too close to it. 
I'm one of those people, like you can't read inside the label, right? Yeah. And that's what happens when you're the leader. And I just had to take a step back for a moment. And I had some other business things that were going on, which was really good. Um, But when I came back, I came back refreshed Mm -hmm. and it was more of self-assurance. I'm like, this is the product. This is what it is. Uh, We're going to put it out there and we can always do revisions at a later time. Right. Right. And then I think once I had that confidence, other ideas started to flow. The feedback was a little bit better. I did an online beta group. I did an in-person beta group. So it's more of, okay, how do I take all of these um, suggestions, put them in the bank and just be mindful of them at a later date. But yeah, so we had a soft launch from October to December, 2022. Um, which, you know, those early adopters got the, I guess, the best price, the lowest price. Mm-hmm. Um, they participated in the focus groups. And then we did a full launch January, 2023. Amazing. And that, and then how did you feel, I guess, when it was finally launched into the general public? I felt good. Because um, another, <laughs> another hangup is the inventory. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So even though... Because during my soft launch, um, people were ordering. And um, part of it was my budget. Uh, well, let me back up. So when I made the first order of the cards, I think um, March 2022, I was okay, right? Yeah. So by the time I came back, I already had my budget and everything. I wanted to make another order in like September, October. Mm-hmm. They went up on the price. <laughs> of course they, oh, wait, what year was this? Just 20... last year. Just last okay, year. got it. Yeah. I but it was totally... six months. Yeah. Got it. I so understand. So they went up, they went up on the price and then they went up on the quantity, mm-hmm. the minimum quantity. So I'm like, oh my God, I gotta go recalibrate. <laughs> and these are all things that are very, very unexpected, right? Product development, even just in the last year, there were so many curveballs that were thrown at people in terms of supply chain issues. How do we procure the actual yeah. material to create the product? Your lead time, if you were manufacturing, I know you manufactured in in uh, America, but if you're ma- manufacturing in China or somewhere else, that lead time to get your product over was infinitely in- extended because now you've got multiple companies competing for the same cargo that has mm-hmm. to come over on a ship over to America. So there's just like all these things that you had to uh, factor in that I'm sure, Michelle, when you were putting more work on yourself to create this <laughs> very, very exciting and very needed product, by the way, that those are all, I mean, I heard change requests. I heard change management there for for those that are uh, PMing any type of product right now. I'm also hearing um, additional costs that people mm-hmm. tend to forget are associated with any types of those changes. There's also minimum quantities that it sounds like you had to adhere to. So I'm sure your first batch had to be a certain amount of product. And then now we're now to your second batch, which you're saying is now cost of supply gone up <laughs> and the MOQ has gone up. Okay. Awesome. Okay. I'm following. Here we go. So that, so then what, what happened with the second batch here? Um, I, I placed the order, you know, you got to do yeah. what you got to do. Um, especially I guess as a marketer, I'm already kind of promoting and teasing and, you know, people are inquiring and, and I probably lost some customers, right. Because, mm. um, on my website, I was saying there was a six week time period yeah. because 
another factor, um, the holidays. So I've made, I placed an order, I think right before Thanksgiving. Um, and then within that six week period, you already have Christmas, New Year's, people are taking off. So it's going to take at least a minimum of four weeks for me to get my order. And then I'm adding an additional two weeks for you to get the product. Right. And in this Amazon society, people are not trying to wait six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I think just kind of we're now trained to expect to order a product and have it either same day or next day. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. So it's like, mm, I'll pass. No, I, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Right. But yeah. I, I kind of had that feeling that was what a going challenge. on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think people that really know me that were in my network, they were understanding and supportive. But I do kind of feel like if someone just saw the product for the saw me and the product for the first time and they went to my website, they probably passed. You know? Yeah. So I had to learn to place one big order pretty mm -hmm. much so I can have inventory. Actually, a good example, a good story is um some a gentleman based in New York called me I'll say November 1st and um he was like I just saw your post I think this is great um I want to order 15 decks right and I literally had two decks on me oh. <laughs> and, and this was my company culture deck and um I was like sir I only have one deck. Uh -huh. I, I said, I am going out of town tomorrow to present a workshop with the cards. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the decks. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you place the order today, I can mail that deck to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think, you know, and, and, and companies look, I know you're a solopreneur, like you said, but even the bigger companies, the I never understood forecasting and I, maybe mm -hmm. I will, I will mm -hmm. never, because that's just not my background mm -hmm. as a PM. And often as a PM, what we get hit with is having to figure out the balance of supply versus demand, right. At towards the tail end of delivery of the product. Mm -hmm. Whereas upfront, you know, that's such a challenging thing. I think, yeah. I think it's, it's like wizardry sometimes to be able to predict how many of this product is the customer going to want. And you have to get as accurate as possible to that, at least that initial batch of orders that's going to come in. Yeah. So that way you understand what is the flow of product after that. And so I imagine for you, Michelle, that was challenging to have to tell a customer like, uh, Hey, who wants 15 decks? I only got one, but if you can hang on for what, a, it, few, it, a few weeks that we could get you some more, like, yeah, that's, that's tough. It was, it was heartbreaking because yeah. You know, that speaks to cash flow, kind of mm -hmm. similar to the forecasting and supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And um, if, even prior to that, I wasn't even ordering that many. I would probably order five to 10 decks at a time. Sure. And now you have this one person within four weeks of product being available. And they were like, I want 15 decks, one for each mm -hmm. location. And it's like, oh man, like that literally, I was on the plane just with the broken heart. Yeah, that's so tough. <laughs> Gosh. So, um, but you know, it happens, but I think it's one of those things where that's what I was hoping. That's what I was expecting. I just didn't think it was going to happen so soon. Right. Yeah. See, and, and, and looked at in that way, a little bit more positive light is kind of the validation of like, 
hey, people want my product. There's something yeah. about it that people are are wanting and they want multiple copies of it to share across the organization, which I think is incredible. So I think, so now we've got the product. I would do want to spend a little bit more time on just kind of the topic of DEI, because I know that it has existed forever. Like, look, don't get me wrong. DEI should have been a topic of conversation across all organizations forever, right? But I think in the last... I, I don't know, what would you say, Michelle, a handful of years, it's really mm -hmm. become kind of the, it, it has risen as a top priority for a lot of organizations in terms of uh, making sure that they have a real focus on DEI. Yeah. And I always say, you know, DEI is, is a really tricky and sensitive topic. And obviously there's been a lot of emphasis, a lot of training and consulting and PowerPoints. And usually you have the presenter um, telling you all of the things that you should be doing, you and your company, what you should be doing, right? And the way I look at it is um, we all have experience when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I think anyone can do this work. And my thing with the car is, is how can we facilitate conversation? How can everyone bring their perspective to the group? And whether it's black, white, red, blue, men, women, non-binary, religion, culture, sexuality, all of these facets go into the workplace or decision-making. And like, even when I'm doing the workshops, I'm learning myself because sure. there's someone that is 10, 15 years older than me that has a new perspective. There's someone that's seven years younger than me that has a totally different perspective. Um, so one deck is on diversity and that's centered around, you know, all things diversity. Um, how does ageism affect the workplace? Mm -hmm. um, well, um, we talk about intersectionality, you know, the, especially as women, the multifacets of um, women of color, mm -hmm. when they enter in the workplace, um, we talk about pay as well. Like which job would you take? Um, and then with the company culture deck, we spend a lot of time on hiring, retention, as well as leadership. Like, do you understand your company's, your, not just your company's goals, but your employees' goals? Sure. Right? Like, how do you manage? How do you lead your team? Um, and it, it gets kind of tricky sometimes because, you know, leaders don't always like to do a workshop or a training with their employees. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think these are pivotal questions that we should at least ask and answer ourselves, um, whether you're with someone or not. And I, yeah, agreed. And I, I do think that just the the idea of doing it in this fashion, in a in a kind of a game game format, helps people create the space. You know, give the space or take the space as needed to have these. Um, what you said could potentially be very sensitive conversations and people don't know how to bring it up or people don't know if they have the space to share how they're really feeling and have that be okay. Um, and I think you're right. I think there's also organizations where the DEI activities are separated in terms mm. of you, you've got your leadership team doing it in a pod <laughs> and then you've got the rest of the tactical teams doing it in a pod and they don't connect in, in such a way that the I feel like the whole point mm -hmm. of this is everyone's played a card game, right? In your life. It doesn't matter yep. young, old, I'm sure you've picked up a deck of cards. You've either stacked them to build yep. a tower <laughs> or you've actually played like poker or something else, right? So already this is creating equity because everybody 
like tangibly knows like, hey, I've I've held a card before, right? And then to to bring the leaders of the organization together with kind of those that are doing the tactical day-to-day work, you create that equitable environment already. You have something familiar in terms of a card game. And then it's just a matter of, I like this idea of being in that setting, holding one of the cards and then having, and I'm, Michelle, please walk us through how you typically would do a <laughs> workshop. But if I had this in my organization and I, I use this with my team, I would just maybe have everybody have a card and be able to kind of sit there with the card and what the question is and kind of just have uh, everybody have equal time to go around and ask the question and kind of give their responses. But I do believe that in this way, this this alone, just this idea of this will help a company gain better insight into not just company culture, but you know what the perspectives are on DEI. So I'd love to hear more in terms of how you've worked with companies on that. Yeah, so um, one thing we have a consultation, I'm like, okay, well, what do we want to focus on, right? Because there are two decks, um, so we can focus on one deck or we can mix the cards together. Um, it also depends on how many people will participate. Mm-hmm. If there's more than 10 people, um, we'll create many breakout groups. So we'll okay. put like three to three to five people per group, and then they'll get three to four cards. And then um, I'll give people about 30 to 40 minutes, 30 to, yeah, 30 to 40 minutes to discuss the cards amongst their team members. After that, We'll spend the last 20 to 30 minutes on just sharing insights, going around the room. What was your question? What did y'all talk about? What was the most popular question? It's interesting because people will get carried away. It's like we're back in school and it's like, oh, I got the microphone. I want to share yeah, <laughs> all yes. these things, right? Um, so that's one way to do it. I think one thing um, that has really blown me away in my first workshop I don't remember which question, but they literally came up with um, an idea and went back, went back to the office and created a whole strategy. That's right. Amazing. And that's the thing. It's also about sparking ideas, planning, brainstorming, icebreakers. It's not meant for you to go through all 50 cards in one session, but let's take these 10 to 20 cards, divide and conquer, or before a meeting, okay, what are we going to talk about today? Does this card fall in line with the agenda, the topics that we're going to discuss today? Mm. And it kind of gets you going. So it's it's very flexible. And um, it's been fascinating just getting the feedback on how I can leave a company and then how they continue to use it and ideas are happening and strategies are being created. That's amazing. I love the kind of the follow through of that, which I didn't even consider, right? So it's like you're having your conversations uh, facilitated, maybe with Michelle doing a workshop, but the takeaway, that's Mm -hmm. incredible. So you've seen that quite a bit with organizations who kind of go through the exercise and then actually have a plan. That's incredible. It's amazing. Um, And I've done stuff. I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago. So now you have a very diverse audience because these people are not working together, right? But then they can take stuff that they did at the conference and then actually go back to work or, you know, they'll support me in different ways. So it's been a good journey. It's been a very good journey in the past couple of months. Uh, And you said a lot of surprises too, it sounds like, things that you didn't expect to come out of these that you're seeing as well. Um, I definitely have ideas for more decks, um, cause once again, diversity is broad, 
But I think there is a sweet spot, like if I created a deck only focused on neurodiversity um, or people with disabilities, LGBTQ yeah. leadership by itself, um, and maybe not 50 questions, but 15 to 25 questions um, that really focus on these niche categories um, to get the conversation going in a different direction as well. I love that. I love that so much. And for those that are actually watching this interview, I've, we've obviously been kind of flashing the outside of the packaging of the deck, but here's kind of one of the cards. So I'll show you. And for those that are listening on the podcast, please, uh, we'll have a links to uh, Michelle's socials and everything. So you can actually check out the product, but it's, it's just beautiful. I mean, I just the quality of it as well. And I love the fact that again, I'm very much like, I have like a fidget thing that I use. So I can imagine if, 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 and when we use this for my team, what we would do is, you know, have somebody hold it. So that's just like, it's almost like something tangible that you can kind of hold and, and that card then becomes yours. And then that topic you're, mm -hmm. you're much more invested mm -hmm. in because now this is your card and you are kind of championing the conversation around that particular that question. Idea. So, I mean, I just everything about this, it speaks to just the, the, from, from what we covered in the beginning of the podcast in terms of just having innovative ideas and that can come from anywhere, right? Um, you essentially, Michelle wore the hat of project manager plus 50 other hats <laughs> to get the product even created. And then just to see kind of the outcome of it and what you're seeing in terms of the conversations and, and company culture and that sort of thing that just this idea that may have created more work for you, but I think mm -hmm. it's creating more positive work for organizations oh, to you. have those real conversations around DEI and asking the right questions. And I think that's a big thing too, is oftentimes people don't know what to even ask to have the right conversations. And I think mm -hmm. Michelle, you've done that for us. You've kind of done the legwork for us, which is great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a labor of love and I'm just trying to, as I move the positive agenda forward, you know, how can we have fun in the process? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, exactly. You've kind of changed the tone around this idea of DEI because a lot of people, probably their first thought about it is like, oh, it's scary or it's it's uncomfortable or it's mm -hmm. just a very sensitive and tough and complex uh, questions that I have to answer. But mm -hmm doesn't have to be that way and again I think you do that you you nail it with the fact that you present it in this in this form and this fashion so Michelle I think um, for those that are interested we'll make sure that they have access to where they can see more of the product but you yourself in terms of your line of work are also a consultant in this space so I want to make sure that if people want to continue the conversation with you they also know where to find you outside of just looking for the be inclusive uh, DEI game. Yes, thank you. So yes, if you go to Be Inclusive, the card game, um, you can get the details there and you can use code project for $50 off for all of, all of the listeners. Um, but yeah, I'm easy to find Michelle, last name N-G-O-M-E. That's my website as well as LinkedIn. And I just love talking about inclusive marketing, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, it's just one of those things that we could, if we open up, we can all learn from each other in the process. And I understand we're in different uh, spaces within our journey, but there's so much to learn because every day something is changing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. 
And it sounds like you've got um, a lot of great work ahead of you if you're able to kind of execute on some of those other products that you're thinking about as well, which would generate a yeah. lot a lot more conversations across organizations that I think are absolutely, absolutely necessary. Um, And even project managers who are listening, you can grab one of these decks and utilize that to kind of enhance your experience with your own project teams. I think there's just so many facets of how this can be executed. And Michelle, if if folks want to actually engage with you, because it sounds like part of your work is also to consult for some organizations mm-hmm. um, on how to even just get started. Um, is that uh, also a service you offer alongside selling the product? Yes, yes. Great. I do general consultations as short and long-term, as well as facilitating workshops, which can be in-person or virtual. Awesome, awesome. Well, I have had uh, the tremendous honor of meeting you twice now and having this conversation with you. And I hope that there will be plenty more of these uh, along the, you know, down the line. I'm, I also hope that as a PM, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, and maybe if you're not a PM, that there's an opportunity for you to also step into the space as well. DEI doesn't have to be led by um, just, you know, a, 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 an industry leader or a consultant. You can be a part of actually be a champion or a part of that conversation as well, because you're working with people across the organization too. So definitely feel empowered to do that. Um, So that will do it for Michelle and I in this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. I know, Michelle, you plugged your uh, website. Um, Can people also find you on LinkedIn? Is there any other connections there? Yes, LinkedIn is definitely the preferred platform. Feel free to connect and shoot me a message. Awesome. And uh, I am also on LinkedIn if you want to connect with me, but I definitely implore you to continue the conversation with Michelle on this topic and to learn more about being inclusive. So support the Everyday PM podcast while you're at it. Uh, Give us a five-star review. We are available on all the podcasting platforms. Just search for the Everyday PM, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, you name it. The Everyday PM will be there. Uh, You can watch the video version of this where you can see the actual product. You can kind of look at the cards and then that sort of thing as well. You can watch this video on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ancampia. While you're there, take a moment to like this video, leave a comment, click the bell for notifications of when new content goes up and subscribe to the channel. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, take care.